Welcome to the alchemy of music. We all remember that song during a summer romance or during a bad breakup. We all remember that album that changed your life. And we remember that concert we'll never forget. We'll dive into those nostalgic moments, hear personal stories while examining the cultural and cerebral effects music has and the magic it creates. We'll highlight upcoming tours, artists to see, and the latest in music. I'm your host, Tommy, and now, let's begin. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Alchemy of Music. Thank you all for joining me on another episode today. I know I've been taking a little bit of a hiatus, but I've told you guys before and I'll tell you again, when I take some time, it helps me better create these episodes. It helps me come up with new ideas. I'm also starting to prepare for next year. So that's super exciting. The holidays, all the stuff. So just needed to take a little bit of a breather, but I am back I have an amazing episode for you guys. I'm so excited about this one and I think you are going to enjoy it too. So it was just the anniversary of when Daft Punk took their world famous 2006-2007 Alive tour and turned it into an album. Anything Daft Punk has all their fans feeling particularly nostalgic especially since the two announced their separation two years ago. Now if you don't know who Daft Punk is they are one of the biggest DJ producer duos that have ever existed. They've not only changed the landscape of music but they have also revolutionized electronic music and created a whole new movement especially in the United States and they also impacted how we visually experience music or even a DJ set. They are well known for their tracks one more time and around the world and also if you've ever seen them they don these robot costumes one is in silver and gold and sometimes they have led lights and just a whole cool persona that keeps their real human forms relatively private and also keeping them a low profile so that they can not only reach such global notoriety but also maintain a sense of privacy while doing so. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the history of Daft Punk, their award-winning career. We're going to talk about their music, its influence, how they came up with their robot persona, and also, you know, now that I've been looking into this and I've been thinking about this for a while, I think they're going to come back, and I'm going to tell you why. But before we get into today's episode, I'm not sure if you guys have used the app InstaFest, 
but it's super cool. Basically, what it does is it will utilize your Spotify account and generate a festival lineup based upon the music that you listen to. It's super cool and you have the capability of customizing it as well. It can use your top artists from the last four weeks, the last six months, or of all time. So it'll kind of generate three different festival lineups based upon um, those time slots. And then you can also choose a style. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the Coachella music festival lineups. When they release them, there's always this sort of different setting behind the lineup itself usually it's you know a sunrise a sunset a day setting or a night setting so they kind of did something a little bit similar to that and it's super cool I highly recommend checking it out uh instafest app mine my favorite one was of all time my headliners naturally would have been Lana Del Rey no surprise there Halsey Cascade also would have included um Sophie Tucker M83 Grimes Tame Impala Machine Gun Kelly Nine Inch Nails, Arcade Fire, Kygo, I even have Biggie on here, Disclosure, Tavlo, Madonna, Toki Monsta, Pink Floyd, Diplo, Ellie Golding, of course, Flume, so super cool, definitely recommend checking that out. On HBO Max, you can check out the 2022 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony. I was so pleased with the artists that won this year. I mean, I was in general very pleased with everyone who was nominated. They all truly deserved to win, but also very excited for those that did win. So you can check out that induction ceremony and there's a lot of performances from those artists and of course it includes Lionel Richie, Duran Duran, Eminem, Pat Benatar, Carly Simon, The Arrhythmics, and Dolly Parton of course which I thought she wasn't going to accept the nomination but I'm glad that she was there so also highly recommend checking that out and I'm super excited to find out who's going to be nominated for 2023 so that will be something to look forward to for sure. All right, let's get into today's episode. Enjoy. I know I may have touched on this story before in previous episodes, but when I was a kid, I used to love to dance. And what I would do is go in my bedroom on a Saturday night and I remember on one of the radio stations they would stream from a local club at the end of the night so it was like from like 11 or to 1 I don't even remember what time slot it was but I was so young and they would play everything from like Alice DJ to Sandstorm and I remember at the end of the night the last song they would play would always be One More Time and that is when I fell in love with 
Daft Punk. I mean, that's when I fell in love with dance music. But for me, that really changed who I was and my listening experience, especially because, and I've said this before, you know, I grew up on Pink Floyd. I grew up on Led Zeppelin. These were artists that really played with their instruments. They played with their sounds. So I was always used to that auditive experience. But for me, dance music really changed who I was, but also it was something new. I'm in general, and I know like a lot of people, we don't always want to listen the same music. I mean, we love the music that we were raised on, and we love the music that was like the foundation or core, and I still go to those tracks, but just like anything, like technology, anything at all, it's like I always have always wanted to immerse myself in music and really find new artists and new genres because I also can get very bored very quickly. Nothing against those artists, but I love to just find new music and new sound. And for me, Daft Punk was that. And I know so many other people so many people who love electronic music, they love dance music, they love house music, they will say Daft Punk changed their life. Now, it was just the anniversary of when they took their world-famous 2006-2007 Alive tour and they transformed it into an album 15 years ago on November 19th. And it has so many fans, including myself, reliving this set, thinking about it, reminiscing, you know, what would have been like to see Daft Punk live. Now, I know there are a good amount of people out there that have been privileged enough to see their tour or their Coachella set, and I've heard only positive things. I mean, it's from what I hear, It was absolutely insane. No one's ever seen or experienced anything like that. But I know there are a lot of people, fans like myself, that have never been able to see their live performance and are a little nervous. Is it ever going to happen? Will it ever happen again? But when I started to look into their career and their history... I really started to think, and I have thought this before, I don't think they're done. I do not think this is the last of them. Just like their personas that are shrouded in mystery, this is part of their act. This is part of who they are as creative individuals, musicians, and artists. So I think there's more to come. They are just going to drop when no one is expecting. And today we are going to go over their history, their lengthy career, and allow my listeners to think for themselves and see the possibility that they could potentially tour again. Daft Punk, also known as Jean-Manuel de Romain-Christo and Thomas Bangalter, met while they were in high school and they both went to school in Paris. The two both shared a love for music and film and they often went to the movies together. In 1992, they started their own band, an indie rock band named Darlin', which was named 
named after the Beach Boys song. Homam Christo played guitar, Bang Alter played the bass, and Laurent Bronco played the drums. Just an FYI, I am doing my best to pronounce these names, and if I say anything incorrectly, I do apologize. The band unfortunately did not last long, and they broke up just six months later. Laurent Branco, ironically, would end up becoming a member in the band Phoenix, who would also headline at Coachella. After attending a rave, Bang Alter and Homon Cristo decided they wanted to be part of this transformative, immersive sound, this new type of genre, so they began messing around with drum machines and synthesizers and playing with this type of sound. Shortly after, they dubbed themselves Daft Punk, which was based upon a negative review that they had received when they were in the band Darlin'. The critic had described the sound of their old band as a daft punky trash, and the rest is history. After attending a rave at Euro Disney, the two would bump into Stuart McMillan, who was the co-founder of the Scottish label Soma Quality Recordings, in which they would give him a demo tape, and this fateful night would be the start of the new wave. By 1995, they would record their song Da Funk, and this track would become their first successful single. By 1996, they ended up signing with Virgin Records, and it was said that they were offered many deals, but they wanted to make sure that they were not going to lose control over their creativity. They wanted to make sure they were going going to have a deal with a record company that would give them the autonomy to be able to create the music that they want to make. By 1997, their debut album, Homework, was released, and the duo would embark on their first international tour called Dafton Director. Homework would feature one of their most popular songs around the world, and by this time, they had already released a bunch of music videos that included some really prominent directors like Spike Jones, Roman Coppola, and Michelle Gondry. By 2001, their album Discovery would be released and their track One More Time would become a huge hit along with Face to Face, Harder, Faster, Stronger, and Digital Love. They all did really well on the charts and this would begin their rise to fame. Since the two were both pretty shy, they began to wear regular masks for interviews and shoots, hiding themselves to escape their notoriety, and because fame was not their ultimate goal, their music was their main goal, their main focus, and their passion. We did not choose to become robots. There was an accident in our studio. We were working on our sampler, and it exactly 
9.09 a.m. on September 9th, 1999, it exploded. When we regained consciousness, we discovered we had become robots. Human After All was released in 2005, and it was met with criticism due to their change in sound. By 2006, they were set to begin their world tour alive, and this tour would change the way we saw Daft Punk from here on out. Since their latest album did not receive such great reviews, there was a little bit of uncertainty when it came to the duo. However, that would all change on April 29, 2006 when they performed at Coachella in their famous Sahara tent, which is known for its electronic music. The duo would famously be wearing their robot suits, sitting atop a pyramid while they mixed, enveloped with LED lights not just on the pyramid but behind them. It was as if space invaders had come down from the heavens and offered the crowd the most explosive dance music they ever heard. This set would not only evolve the electronic dance movement, but it would also set the stage for other musicians and other artists in other genres to have a prolific, legendary set and also catapult Coachella into the festival that it is today. That set was so transformative that Daft Punk would no longer be a duo of DJ and producers, but they would become icons that everyone would want to work with and everyone would want to see. In 2007, Kanye West would feature a sample of their song, Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, on his track, Stronger, which would be released on his latest album at the time, which was Graduation. Stronger became a hit, and Kanye West would even include the duo in his performance at the 50th anniversary of the Grammys in 2008. Although the two had been nominated several times for the Grammys, they would finally win in 2009, one for Best Dance and Electronic Album, which was for Alive, and the other was for Best Dance Recording, which was for Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger which cemented their status in music history. In 2010, their resume expanded as they produced the sound score for Disney's movie Tron Legacy, in which they would also make an appearance in the film as well. After much anticipation, their album Random Access Memories would be released in May of 2013 and it would feature a variety of artists like Pharrell Williams, Animal Collective's Panda Bear, Julia Casablancas from The Strokes, and Nile Rodgers. Random Access Memories became a success. Their track Get Lucky was also a hit and those that were not familiar with Daft Punk, they knew who they were at this point. In 2014, they walked away with four Grammys, one for Get Lucky, which won for Best Record, one for Best Album, which was for obviously Random Access Memories, Best Dance and Electronic Album, which was Random Access Memories, and the other was Best Pop Duo and Group Performance for Get Lucky. 
the last two tracks the duo would release would be featured on the weekend's album Starboy. One of the songs would be called Starboy, and then the other song was I Feel It Coming. In February of 2021, they would release a video on their YouTube in which it would feature a clip from their film Electroma in which the two robots would appear. One would blow up while the other one would walk away. The clip was titled Epilogue and as the clip faded to black, it showed two robot hands making a pyramid and beneath it it said 1993 to 2021 which naturally sent all their fans in a frenzy later that day their publicist had announced that indeed the duo had called it quits and this was it for daft punk the world began to mourn the loss of daft punk so many people would never be able to see them again so many people saddened by the fact that we'll never be able to experience their music again but when I began to dig a little deeper and I began to really look at this story I really started to think there's hope there is hope on the horizon for Daft Punk and I'm going to tell you why since announcing their split their sales and their streams went up on February 22nd, 2022, they would announce that they would be releasing the 25th anniversary edition of their first album, Homework, and they would also share a one-time only stream of their Dafton Director Tour performance at the Mayan Theater in LA. One of my favorite quotes is by one of my favorite artists and I know that Daft Punk has mentioned Andy Warhol over the years but he always said being good in business is the most fascinating kind of art. Making money is art, working is art, and good business is the best art. Although fame, notoriety, and wealth was never their goal, their ultimate goal, their ultimate passion was their art. And by doing what they did best, that's how they created their massive abundance. That's how they created their legacy as icons. Daft Punk has always been known to keep their fans on their tippy toes waiting for more and that's just who they are as artists and creatives. They've not only created incredible transformative music but they've also dipped into the world of having super cool music videos. They had their film Electroma air at the Cannes Music Festival in 2006. They created the sound score for the movie Tron. I mean, film and music is what brought them together in the first place. And it's crazy to see how everything just went full circle for them. Outside of music and film, they have also worked on their own solo projects. They had an art exposition. They opened a pop-up shop. And they have also worked on other projects with other artists like Kanye West's album in 2013, Yeezus. Ben Galter and Homem Christo keep immersing themselves in all different mediums and expanding their creativity in all different facets. 
that in itself makes them great businessmen. It makes them incredible entrepreneurs. And it really just shows how legendary they are. Like I said before, I don't believe they are chasing wealth. But I do believe that you don't have to be a great business person and a great creative to create wealth. Some other interesting facts that you may not be aware about the duo. The robot gear they famously wear was inspired by a band called Space in which the band also wore helmets and spacesuits. And the two also loved a movie called Phantom of the Paradise, which was very futuristic. They wore sort of like a odd helmet mask and there's also lots of buttons and it oddly reminds me of synthesizers. The suits themselves that they wear are very much inspired by the 70s and 80s, that Studio 54 kind of vibe. The sample of their song, Touch It, was featured on Buster Rhymes' song, Touch It. They also created a song with Jay-Z that was also supposed to be featured on the Tron soundtrack, but unfortunately it was cut. Daft Punk's sound in terms of genre types would consist of many different types of house, dance, disco, electronic, and funk. Their music has paved the way for EDM, especially in the United States, and there's so many different artists who are influenced by Daft Punk. Some of those artists would include Skrillex, Justice, Tame Impala, Porter Robinson, LCD Sound Systems, Disclosure, and Alice in Wonderland. With all of this said, I do not believe Daft Punk is truly over. I personally believe they are taking a break. They are probably doing their own thing. I would not be surprised if they are quietly working on music, taking their time. A true artist, a true musician, a true even film director, like someone like Quentin Tarantino who takes years and years to work on a script, I would not be surprised if they are behind the scenes working on a new album, taking their time, because of course they have created this legacy, they have created this persona, they have to keep living up to that. They don't want to let their fans down, so they're going to take their time. Although I would love for them to announce a tour next year, and you guys know me, I've manifested so many artists on this podcast that I've announced on my episodes, and at a later date, I was able to see pure freaking magic. I would love to see Daft Punk next year, but you know what? I think if I was thinking in terms of the way they think and the way they create their art and this massive legacy, I would say that maybe they're going to tour in 2026, 2027, which would be the 20th anniversary of the Alive tour, and maybe even do Coachella in 2027. I don't know. That's not for certain, but I really don't believe this is it for Daft Punk. Thank you guys for tuning in and joining me on another episode today. This was an absolute pleasure to make. Please, please, please do me a favor. Go look up Daft Punk's Coachella Performance 
2007. It is epic. If you haven't watched the Coachella documentary, you can actually, there's a little time stamp on YouTube where you can go to where they talk about Daft Punk. It is life-changing for anyone that got to see it and just all-around life-changing for anyone that first heard One More Time Around the World, Digital Love. I mean, they have changed music culture especially dance music it is not the same without them and I'm just so grateful that I've been able to be on this earth to be able to experience their music if you guys have enjoyed this podcast please do not forget to rate it review it share it helps this podcast get out there helps all these amazing stories be heard and thank you again to all my music lovers out there I appreciate you tuning in And I hope you guys have a great week. Take care.